welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we're covering chapters 5 through 11 of Deuteronomy, which means second giving of the law. And that is because this group of Israelites are the second generation. It's now around 40 years after the Lord set them free from the bonds of Egypt, but because of disbelief, they did not enter the promised land. So they were to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the people who are 20 years old or above died. Everyone here except for Caleb and Joshua, who did believe the Lord, and Moses are alive. But Moses will not be allowed to enter the promised land because of his own disobedience. This book is Moses' last words to his people before they enter the promised land. And so he is retelling the story and resharing the covenant with this generation in order to renew their hearts to the Lord. Before Moses tells them the Ten Commandments, he says to all Israel, Hear, O Israel! Chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 read, The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our fathers that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. Actually, God's covenant started way back in Genesis 15 with Abraham, and then it moved on with Isaac, and then Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and then his 12 sons and their descendants. The covenant did not die off when those Jews died in the wilderness. It kept on going, and it is still going on to all who believe in the Lord, no matter what nationality you are from. We see in verse 5 that Moses stood between the Lord and the people, and we have seen over and over how Moses was the intercessor between God and humanity. Then the Ten Commandments begin with an opening statement, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Keep in mind that the covenant between God and humanity are not two equal parts. He is the creator. We are the created. Now the Ten Commandments in its simplified form. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourselves idols. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Number four, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony. And ten, you shall not covet. The first generation said, we will listen and obey. Now the phrase, hear, O Israel, is declared in chapter 5, verse 1, chapter 6, verse 3, and then in verse 4, and then chapter 9, verse 1. This section in chapter 6 is called the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. But it doesn't mean in one ear and out the other. It means to hear with attention or obedience. It is undivided attention. Verses 4 through 9 say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. These laws were to be a part of their lives and their children should see it and hear it. Jesus said that this is the greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22 verses 36 through 40. Love the Lord with everything you are. And then the second greatest, Jesus said, is in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. Dr. Betts, my Old Testament professor, said that every word from the prophets in the Old Testament addressed either people's relationships with God or with others. Jesus said all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, love. One thing that's special about Deuteronomy is that love is stressed. Chapter 7 verse 8 says the Lord showed his affection on the Jews, not because they were a great people, but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Then verse 9, for the first time talks of the covenant with God and his people as a covenant of love. In verse 13, it says, He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. I want to point out some other commands that Moses declared to his people in these chapters. Chapter 5, verse 32, so be careful. Chapter 5, 33, walk in his ways. Chapter 6, verse 12, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Chapter 6, 24, obey all these decrees and fear the Lord our God. Chapter 7, verse 9, Know that the Lord is your God. Love him. Keep his commandments. Chapter 8, verse 1. Be careful to follow every command. Chapter 8, verse 2. Remember. Chapter 8, verse 6. Observe the commands of the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Revere him. Chapter 8, verse 18. But remember the Lord your God. Chapter 9, verse 4. Take possession of the land. Chapter 9, verse 6 understand. Chapter 9 verse 7, remember this and never forget. Chapter 10 verse 12, fear the Lord your God, walk in his ways, love him, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Chapter 10 verse 13, observe the Lord's commands. Chapter 10 verse 20, fear the Lord. Chapter 11, verse 1, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Verse 2, remember today. Chapter 11, verse 8, observe therefore all the command I am giving you today. Chapter 11, verse 16, be careful. Chapter 11, verse 18, fix these words of mine, tie them, bind them, teach them, write them. Chapter 11, verse 32, be sure you obey all the laws and decrees I'm setting before you today. And ladies, I am pretty sure I missed a few. One thing Moses knew, 
after his 40 years in Egypt, then after 40 years in the wilderness of Midian being prepared for his ministry, and then these last 40 years of walking in the wilderness with the Israelites, when we align ourselves up to the Lord and his ways, we are blessed. And when we do not, we are cursed. Now, just a couple of other interesting things in these chapters. In chapter 7 are directions of driving out the nations that were in the promised land. They were to destroy them totally. And I've shared before that it was like cancer cells. They are living cells, but deadly. Verse 22 says, The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once, or the wild animals will multiply around you. This reminds me that the Lord has a plan in his slowness, even if we do not know what it is. We also see in chapter 8 that there are reasons for their wandering in the wilderness. Chapter 8, verse 16, He gave you manatee in the desert, something your father had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Again, the Lord is doing something in the wilderness that hopefully the Lord will explain or reveal someday. If not, then we can ask him when we meet him, but maybe by that time we won't even care. In chapter 9, we see that it's not because the Jews are righteous that the Lord provided this land. He said in verse 4, No, it's on account of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. Then the Jews are described as stiff-necked in verse 6 and 12. Then Moses said in verse 24, You have been rebellious against the Lord ever since I have known you. One thing that I found amazing is way back in Genesis chapter 15 verses 12 through 16, God spoke to Abraham and the Lord told him that his people would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years, their time in Egypt. Then God will punish the nation and set the Israelites free with great possessions. He told Abraham he would die and then in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. This reminds me that God not only is doing a work in my life during these transition times, but he is at work in other people's lives as well. I'm a native Illinoisan, and a few times in my life I have gone up the Sears Tower and looked down at all the teeny tiny cars and the people who are just moving specks on the sidewalk, and I am in awe at how God has all of their lives in his hands. He is at work all around us, even if we can't see it. Moses then reminds the people about the golden calf incident and how he came down with the tablets of stone which the Lord gave to Moses inscribed by the finger of God. Chapter 9 verse 10. What I like about this retelling is that in the Exodus 32 story, it seemed unclear to me if Moses had to write out the commands after he broke the first set or if the Lord inscribed them again. But here in chapter 10, verse 2 and verse 4, it is clear that the Lord wrote the second set of tablets as well. 
In chapter 10, verse 16, Moses pleaded with the people, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. Then in chapter 11, we have what is called the retribution principle. It's an if and when scenario. If we love the Lord and obey his commands, then he will bless us. If we do not, we bring curses upon ourselves. Moses said in chapter 11, verse 26, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The curse, if you disobey. So ladies, which do you choose? If you hear the voice of the Lord today, are you going to choose to be stiff-necked or will you obey? Today is the day. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.